Welcome to Allendale Market Talk. This is Greg McBride, joined as always by my co-host extraordinaire, Mike Lung. Uh, big week this week, Mike. We've got an inauguration, brand new president and administration uh, taking power here in the United States. And uh, that is met with a uh, Democrat-leaning uh, uh, Democrat majority in the, uh, the House and the Senate. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Maybe some speculation on what we could see here in, say, the first day to the first 10 days of the Biden administration. Yeah, so what we should be looking for and what I know a lot of people are looking for is whether or not we get these talks of potential lockdowns. You have a bunch of various uh, strains that have developed and mutated across the world, and you have California upticks in cases, U.S. is a total uptick in cases, and we have already heard from the Biden administration that they are looking to have masks the first 100 days. Um, and I would not be too surprised, especially with some EU countries looking to extend their lockdowns, to see a very quick movement towards lockdown as soon as we change, uh, change ownership. Well, before wasn't it uh, kind of left up to the uh, to the states uh, and the, the governors of each state to uh, to make that call? What uh, where would they come in on this uh, from a federal level? Well, you always got the overlooming issue of the stimulus bill and potentially work something in there that hey, if you're not locking down, if you're not looking to curb this, uh, potentially withholding of those funds. I'm not entirely sure how it would work, mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure they could make a way. Sure. Okay. And that's another thing to, to think about here is, as you mentioned, uh, stimulus funds and all that stuff, we're getting ready to see a lot of that uh, money start to uh, to be delivered to uh, some of these businesses. So, you know, we do have the uh, the the Dow Jones and, and some of the, the equity markets uh, are are at or near uh, within, you know, percentages of uh, contract highs, all time highs and all that stuff. Um, you know, the imbuing of money into this uh, into these markets uh, does seem that it feels like we're going to continue to see that rally um, but if you shut things down you know you take away uh, you know it, at the very least you take away demand which is the, the like fuel demand so you see crude oil back off this is similar to what happened last uh, last March where we're not moving you know people are not going to work everybody's working from home or whatever it is and you see crude oil demand uh, drop through the through the floor, and that pulls everything. That starts the vacuum for everything. Um, do you think that it's possibility we could see these markets that have been in very solid uptrends, many of them since April, uh, really take a hit if we were to to shut things down, or is this something that we feel like we'd weather better than we did uh, last year? I would assume and I really hope that my assumption would be correct that if we do go back into a lockdown, there is better gauges in place in order to uh, prevent from what happened last year. Uh, usually the second go around is not as violent as the first because we do know a little bit about what to expect. So at this time, I, I would hope to see at least some sense of logic enter the market and have plans in place in case that does happen again uh but as we've seen in the past the unknown is uh definitely something to worry about when it comes to commodity prices so mm -hmm. definitely something to 
keep in mind going forward uh, about what that all could mean. And maybe we do see a decent size setback in these markets, but a lot of them even, I mean, with beans alone, you could see a couple dollars setback and still have a clear uptrend in play. Sure. Now, you know, you bring up uh, uh, a good point here with uh, with beans and, you know, some of the uh, some of the demand uh, situation and and uh, policy for uh, foreign policy. Uh, we've got this uh, phase one trade deal that we are now one year in. Uh, it seems like uh, uh, China was way behind on uh, on their purchases for uh for energy products, manufacturing products, and agricultural products, uh, some of that can be chalked up to the fact that we had really low prices for the, about the first half of uh, to three quarters of the year. So what they were buying, the volume might have been there, but the price wasn't there to meet the uh, the actual dollar amounts. Um, and then obviously we got off to a slow start because of COVID. Um, what are we hearing as far as the potential for renegotiation of uh, the trade deal and maybe lifting of, of tariffs as we move forward with this uh, this phase one deal. Yeah, so right off the bat, we can only go as far as what we know. And as of right now, the Joe Biden administration is talking about keeping tariffs in place as a leverage uh, for talks. Um, it sounds like both sides are open to negotiate the degree of which the Biden administration is still up in the air about exactly how much they're willing to negotiate, what they're willing to negotiate. Um, but it's most definitely a topic of conversation for China. They most likely would like to get out of this uh, big requirement that they currently have uh, and try and go back to the better situation they had before. Mm. So China definitely is uh, on board to renegotiate. We're yet to see whether or not uh, the new, new administration is also on that camp. Well, it kind of seems like uh, this new administration can't take over soon enough. Uh, and and this is not a political statement by any means, but it, it seems like the deterioration of our relationship with China, um, despite having this trade deal, has just accelerated over the past uh eight to, to 10 months. It just feels like every at every turn, every news cycle, we're hearing about, uh, you know, human rights violations or, um, you know, we said this about China or they took this as a, a, a slap in the face and, and that kind of thing. Um, do we have any concerns that, uh, you know, they're just going to pull the plug on this deal or is it really legitimately, do you think they're going to try and just renegotiate it? Well, as of right now, it seems like the better route for them is to renegotiate. You have a lot of overlooming issues. Uh, Russia, Ukraine, both looking to potentially limit uh, corn come next Monday, corn exports, which is a large exporter to China. Um, you have issues developing or well, has developed in South America and the total extent of what crop they're going to be pulling out is still yet to be seen. Looks to have potentially uh not uh the rains that came through potentially helped out this crop a little bit but to what extent and is it gonna be enough to say you know i don't need to go to the u.s for any more products but mm -hmm. knowing that we did see multiple new crop sales of beans to china here recently is leading to me to believe that there still is pockets out there that china's thinking i need to make sure that we get these covered uh, by going to the U.S. at this point. So it seems like renegotiation is probably the next step. Okay. As, 
As we're talking about demand, let's talk about uh, this Mexico story, where uh, by, I believe, uh, 2024, Mexico is looking to uh, to switch their corn imports to, I believe, 100% of their imports being non-GMO corn. Um, as Rich is going through the numbers here, doesn't sound feasible that they would be able to do that. I, a, I don't know where they're going to find 15 million metric tons of non-GMO corn that's readily available for for import to over the next three three years, and if they were to bring that uh, to be an in-house thing, they would have to increase their uh, their production by like half or or like you know one and a half times what they're already doing. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, what's what's your what's your take on this and and where where do we go from here because on the surface this is a bearish a bearish uh, story because this is our number one corn buyer but uh, it just doesn't seem feasible yeah you're going to need to see a lot of changes in the overall world market in order for them to be able to accomplish that unless they are able to find a bunch of acres to plant and have their own sustainable uh, organic corn market but as of right now you're gonna need some massive changes in order to do so so it's an issue and it's an issue that needs to be monitored over the next couple of years but much like the china 2020 ethanol push that never really came about uh it's going to be up in the air about whether or not they're actually able to accomplish this goal mm-hmm. well staying on on corn and and since you bring up ethanol uh on the most recent usda report we saw them uh, lower ethanol uh, uh, corn for ethanol on the demand side of things uh, by 100 million bushels. Um, that seems like a uh, a sector of uh, of our corn usage that is just not rebounding and doesn't seem like it's going to rebound anytime soon. Um, where do we go with this? Because I know they're talking about uh, um, about renewable fuels and and all of that, but uh, where where do we stand on on ethanol at this point? So as of right now, we do have a huge overlooming issue with ethanol in regards to just the fact that you're seeing across the country ethanol plants slow down. I know I was talking to one of my guys out in Iowa, and he says they're only running three days a week. You've been seeing them running at negative profit margins for a long while now, and it's it's hard to see where the next step is for the ethanol industry, whether or not there's another boom or not. Uh, and at this time, I, it doesn't look – promising for the u.s ethanol industry you have uh indonesia and malaysia looking for to increase their uh biofuels they are going to the world trade organization about palm oil but they also uh create ethanol from uh sugar use which is a cleaner ethanol form so the next step for u.s corn-based ethanol is going to be a giant question mark and definitely one that's maybe the biden administration comes in with their epa uh uh, EPA member and then betters this, but as of right now, it's just a big question mark. So I can't really give you a good good answer about what to expect. Well, and of all the things that are are so friendly and so bullish in in the uh, in the corn market and and on the bean side as well, um, if you have a question mark like that, I, I mean, ethanol being one of, if not the largest user of U.S. corn. That is a huge hit. That could turn a market that has just finally started to look bullish as far as the ending stocks go and all of a sudden flip it on its ear 
and next thing you know, we're we're back up to two billion carryout or something like that. And all of a sudden, you know, we're trading we're trading sub four dollars. I mean, that's not you know, that's neither here nor there because we don't know how this plays out. But it should be a concern. Um, now, as we move forward, uh, we do have a, a conference coming up next week, starting on Wednesday. And, you know, some of the things we've talked about here uh, today are some of the things that will get talked about in length uh, next week. What uh, what do you have to say as far as uh, let's give them give them the best pitch to uh, to show up to this conference? Because I think it's it's going to be definitely worthwhile for for most people. So you have ethanol, you have China, you have a Biden administration, you have everything under the sun when it comes to coronavirus. And you have so many questions about what the next six months are going to look like for weather. Drew Learns could be covering his six month weather outlook and the ominous uh way they left off the last conference with potential for uh, large weather concerns going forward. And then you got Rich and Steve really covering the big macros as well as price outlooks, technicals and everything going forward with the grains, uh, Ryan Etner with livestock as well as Rich with livestock. So if you want to get these questions answered and you want to be able to put together a marketing plan that's going to be something that has some stuff substance to it, Sign up. Give us a call, 800-262-7538. Uh, ask for Zach to get signed up for the conference, and that's going to be the 27th and 28th at 2 p.m. Central Time with the 27th live and the 28th recorded, so you can watch that at a later date, need be. But today for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one.